Hi, I'm Jeremy Larson, the Reviews Director of Pitchfork, and this podcast is supported by Pitchfork Music Festival. Pitchfork Music Festival will take place July 19th through the 21st at Union Park in Chicago, Illinois. This year's lineup features Jamie XX, Alanis Morissette, Black Pumas, Carly Rae Jepsen, Brittany Howard, Jay Paul, Muna, Jesse Ware, 100 Gex, and many more. The festival also features diverse vendors as well as specialty record, poster, and craft fairs and works to support local businesses while promoting the Chicago arts and food communities as a whole. For more information on tickets and lineup, visit pitchforkmusicfestival.com. Hello and welcome to the Pitchwork Review. I'm Pooja Patel, the Editor-in-Chief, and we're here to talk about predictions for the year that is 2023. With me is Reviews Editor Jeremy Larson and Features Editor Ryan Dobble. Hey Pooja. What's up? Hello. What's up? (laughs) It's a new year and the world is our oyster. So this show is going to be about predictions. The albums that have been teased, the songs that have come out, the rumors that we want to be true. And then, you know, just some wild guesses about what might come and what we really, really, really want to come. I mean, I feel like every single year we're like, hey, maybe that Rihanna album will come out. Or, hey, this is the year Frank Ocean doesn't drop a jewelry line and does drop an album. Can we talk about my favorite, Caroline Polachek, a person that I am deeply obsessed with? Or just, like, completely fascinated by. What broadly are you fascinated by? Okay, I for one, I think that she is part of this class of, like, I know that this will sound lightly condescending, but it's not meant to sound condescending to preface this. But she's kind of like an aspirational girly pop author. (laughs) And that is just something I'm immediately drawn to. Like, we know that she's in the ether of Charlie XCX. We know that she's in the ether of Christina and the Queens. She's friendly with Wiseblood, who's in her music video. She's written for Beyonce. Like, she is one of those people who is, like, musically trained, experimental, And feels like she is making a greater artistic statement almost every time she makes a piece of music. I'm just drawn to someone who is like committing to their bit almost, you know? Yeah. To talk about the things that I'm excited about with her coming up, like Bunny is a Rider came out in 2021, was our song of the year. Were both of you fans of that song? Yeah. I really like the chorus where they like manipulated her voice. I thought that part was really cool. And she worked with Danny Harl on that, who mm-hmm. is adjacent to the PC Music crew, has his own collective called Harlecore. And there are all these like really progressive pop producers i would say progressive and aggressive like he is adjacent to happy hardcore and a lot of the like glitchy campy things that are happening in electronic and pop crossover dance music so 
him making that song, for one, was extremely exciting and telling of what will come. But then <laughs> the new song that has come out, she's released a couple of songs. She released the song Billions, which was also on our 2022 year-end list. Amazing song. She released a song called Welcome to My Island. Very good. Very good. On the fence on that one. Well, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's it's great. And one of the things, you know, when you said, what are you drawn to with Caroline? One of the things I'm really drawn to is that she is musically trained and she has a crazy vocal range. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. And some of my favorite songs of hers, like Ocean of Tears, is when she just kind of like very pristinely... And with like crystal clarity can like belt something out and cross over octaves and ranges and like shift into minor key. And, you know, like it's just it's like watching an opera singer. You know what I mean? It's like watching a a very specific type of singer. Yeah. And what's so cool about Welcome to My Island is is it shows off exactly what you're talking about at the very beginning of the song where she just goes on this wild run, vocal run that is almost like a cartoon. You know, it's like it's clearly she's having fun with it. It's not just like I'm on American Idol. I'm going to do a crazy run. She's just it's like funny. The point is like, it's very playful. And in the video, she kind of has these super exaggerated faces while she's singing. And it reminds me, I mean, I feel like this is the go-to comparison, but specifically like in this video, she's doing those faces. It reminds me so much of like Kate Bush, like in the early eighties, like when she's doing this, you know, super theatrical kind of playful videos, not a lot of people can nail that. So very impressive. God damn, I am excited for the new Caroline (laughs) Polachek album. (laughs) I think she is so clever. Also, I feel like her star has been, like, created to rise. You know, like, I love when a weirdo is going to hit big. Like, that's what I aspire for. Do you think she's weird enough? Like, do you think she's weird? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. In a a great way. In In a nice way. In that new video... There's a great shot of, you know, those like Instagram videos where like a woman like holding her boyfriend's hand, like as she like walks through some like beautiful beach or something. (laughs) She kind of, she like parodies that except she's holding like a goat's hoof or something or a dog. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like an Mm -hmm. animal. It's a goat hoof. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's a goat hoof. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. Like it's a perfect moment. And I think like really encapsulates a lot of her charm because like in another world she could be you know she's in all these fashion magazines like she could be kind of like a face in that more traditional sense but she's always kind of skewering that stunningly beautiful yeah like that helps you know Mm -hmm. um well another kind of experimental pop let's talk about fever ray yeah so fever ray swedish experimental pop artist. It's coming out with their third album in March. It's called Radical Romantics. Viva Ray is the stage name of 
Karen Dreyer, who has been making strange pop music for, must be at least like 20 years now. With the knife before this. Mm. Yeah, there's been a couple songs that's come out so far. My favorite one is this one called Carbon Dioxide. And it kind of sounds like a knife song, mm-hmm. very synth poppy, pretty upbeat. You can almost see it playing in, you know, some huge like EDM, like airplane hangar. <laughs> totally. It just takes it to this like bigger place than we're used to from Fever Ray, which a lot of the music is, you know, in the past has been pretty shadowy mm-hmm. and kind of zombie synth, like Halloween music. Mm-hmm. And this one is just kind of blowing the doors off. So yeah, they're coming back with these characters. Like the first video was kind of Fever Ray is this office drone zombie type character. There's also a bald Lothario that they dress up as in some <laughs> of the press photos. Like we were talking about like Caroline Polachek being weird. Like Fever Ray is like re- legitimate. Like there's no question <laughs> yeah. that they're doing weird things. And, you know, that's why we love them. And yeah, so that's that's a big one. That's a big one on my list. Oh yeah, one more thing about this album that's cool is that Fever A also worked with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, cool. Uh, oh. For the first time. And that's one of those kind of dream collaborations that you never yeah. think would actually happen. So it's pretty incredible. Here's a question though. Is this going to be like when Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross worked with Halsey? Well, I mean, I think they helped. I'll just say no. I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah, I, that they are, is, they that are is like, true. My point being, they're very around these days. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. No, I mean, I was going to pivot off that to a, another artist who are very good at creating their own world, although it might be a little bit more frenetic than Fever Ray's world, <laughs> which I think is Jeremy's yeah. next pick. I think it was in what is in 2021 we did this feature on Hundred Gex and it was it was really like a like one of those classic features in music where hey we do a big interview with the band they're going to preview their album and you know it's going to come out it's going to prime the pump get everybody excited <laughs> Dumble and I are triggered <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, I mean it did all those things. Did all those things. <laughs> Succeeded uh, on that level. It just never came out. But <laughs> I've been told 100 Gex is putting out their new album next year called 10,000 Gex. Named, I'll believe it when I see it. Named because I think <laughs> it's 100 times better than their first album. That's a, I, nice. I kind of I like that. Nice. I kind of I like the confidence. Um, I know that they probably are entering, re-entering Earth's atmosphere in a totally different environment than when they first put out Stupid Horse their status as the sort of godmother and father of hyperpop is maybe sort of not going to do them a ton of favors because I think like that style of music has evolved a hundred times since they last put out music. So I'm I'm a little curious of where this album is going to be. I've heard it's a little more down the center, a little bit more just sort of like reined in, um, but very muscular. I don't know. Did you guys like any of the songs that they put out this year? We're talking... Doritos and Fritos, <laughs> which which rules to me. Yeah, that song's I, incredible. I did like Doritos and Fritos. Doritos, Fritos, Doritos, Fritos, 
Yeah, and what was that other one they just put out? With- yeah, the Snake Eyes EP, mm-hmm. um, which features three songs. A, which yeah, three songs and Skrillex did a co-pro on that. What was the one that was like the Beastie Boys? The Beastie Boys, yeah, a song called "Hey Big Man." It's it's like Beastie Boys meets Sleigh Bells. Yeah. <laughs> It's really just, yeah, that's simple, dumb, and fun. And that's part of the magic of what I like about 100 Gex. And I think if the album sort of fills in the rest of it with cool production and sort of like Dadaist, surrealist, goofy lyrics, like I'm kind of, I'll be all in on it. Yeah, I agree. Dumber the better when it comes to them, <laughs> you, know, you know, lyrically at least, because yeah, they're just great at coming up with these really stupid lyrics that are hilarious. You know, Doritos and Fritos is a perfect example. And that's not like a artsy misdirect, like that's the exact hook of the song, them basically chanting it over and over. You know, like he knows how to write a hook. Like he knows how to write something that, that sticks. It's not just sort of aleatory like and kind of random noise. Like they're hit makers and they bury all of that in like goofy, goofy shit. I'm Nomi Fry, and this week on Critics at Large, we're talking about the delights and shortcomings of the new movie Challengers. It starts Zendaya at the center of a tennis triangle and a very steamy love triangle. Who are her loyalties to? Will she be tempted by the other one? How do these guys reckon their professional playing ambition with their romantic and sexual feelings about this mysterious woman? And such we have it. We have a conflict between three people in a game meant for two. Is it a sports movie or a sex movie? Find out on Critics at Large from The New Yorker. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, let's talk about... Let's talk about... I This pains my heart. <laughs> this pains my heart because I feel like if I say it, I'll jinx it. You know, um... Our girl, Sky Ferreira. Yeah. <laughs> Another Pitchfork cover star. Whose last album came out in, 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> Happy anniversary to that. <laughs> wow. Wow. But I want to say just how anticipated Sky Ferreira's album is. It. I looked back and it was on our most anticipated albums of the year list in 2017 2018 Mm. (laughs) 2019 Mm. and then in 2020 we gave up (laughs) so that's that's how i kind of feel about like frank and rihanna it's just like you don't want to be charlie brown kicking the football and then just trying to like pull it away from you every single time you just gotta let go the thing that we know about sky at the least right is that she is on not Unlike SZA, she's been open about having some label issues and being a little bit stressed and nervous about the way that her music was being treated. 
But also in 2019, when we had um, the writer Camille Dodaro interview her for our cover story, our understanding was that masochism, which was the name of the album then, and perhaps still will be in 2023, um, was due out that year. And there seemed to be a lot of angst around whether she was allowed to release it or if she was the holdup or her label, Capitol Records, was the holdup. She released this song called Downhill Lullaby. like this like super like moody goth synth like cure adjacent david lynch's friendship very visible on that song and so there was like kind of this idea of maybe the reaction to the song wasn't that great and it kind of put her back into a writing stage again or whatever and then this year she put out don't forget which was done in 2019 because it was mentioned in our 2019 cover story which ultimately just sounded like this Nighttime My Time B-side, right? Nighttime My Time was her first album, the one that was critically lauded, that we collectively were obsessed with. And that also didn't get a lot of excitement yeah. around it. Yeah. And I wonder just from what we know of her as, as being a really like a perfectionist and a kind of anxious person, like what this album will sound like between those two are, are so insane. Like I have no idea what's to come. Well, maybe like you said, SZA, you know, coming back so strong, like with her album, maybe that'll inspire some of these like, some of these meticulous, let's say, folks mm -hmm. um, to, you know, kind of be like, all right, well, she she did it. So so maybe I can do that, too. We'll see. Let's talk about the things that have been rumored to happen, our long awaited hopes and aspirations for big releases from the year. I'll get it out of the way. Beyonce Renaissance Act 2. I don't know if I can take another year dominated by Beyonce, but rumors are that it's going to be a country album. You know, no. she did the acoustic version no. of Break My Soul. Yeah. Rumors are that it's going to be a country album. I would love a Deep South, a like Louisiana blues mm, Beyonce want, album. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't well, know if I want that. Well, aren't they saying that part three is a pop album or one of the other parts is pop? Is that... The other rumor was that Act 3 is like a straightforward R&B okay. pop album. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm not going to not going <laughs> to lie. I don't I have I have reservations about about the idea of a like a of like a Delta Blues uh southern country album from I'm, Beyoncé. I'm maybe, reservations. I'm maybe most excited for her tour, although I feel like it's going to be even harder to get tickets to than yeah. Taylor. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm excited for the tour. I'm not excited for the 
guaranteed shit show that is going to be trying to get a ticket. But Beyonce, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see all these songs. I'm also going to get the other big hitter out of the way, which is the Rihanna album. One of those other ones where who knows if it's going to show up next year, though she is playing the most watched show on television. Arguably the biggest tour of the year will be Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Hmm. And I mean, Rihanna was rumored to be making a dance hall album, which in this climate, in this pop climate, would be so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Will it happen? Hard to say. She is quite literally worth a billion dollars now. So does she need to make it happen? Who knows? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no, she really doesn't. She doesn't need to do anything. Dombal, what are you excited about or hoping for? Yeah, so this is kind of a weird one, but Azealia Banks, uh, I'm yes. kind of excited for see what her 2023 is like. She just signed a record deal with the Parlophone UK, which is the same label as Coldplay and mm. Gorillaz. <laughs> this is like a very big, big label. Yeah, um, huge. And Azealia Banks goes Britpop. Let's do it. Yeah. And like, I'm excited because she ha- had a moment with club rap in the early 2010s, like with 212, her kind of breakout hit. Now club rap is having like another real big resurgence right now. And it just feels like the right time. Like, it would be so cool if she kind of got together with some of the newer club rap artists and producers and just kind of showed people how it's done. I also feel like, you know, she's feuded with pretty much every single celebrity online. But I feel like her infamous feud with Elon Musk is also looking like really good right now. (laughs) Right now. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite parts of that feud was when she said, talking about Elon Musk, she said, I wouldn't give the credit of calling him an alien. He's a mutant, which is just like an <laughs> all-time diss. And I feel like a lot of, more and more people feel that way <laughs> about him at this point. So I mean, she's feuding with Mike Q about Renaissance. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just like feuding across the board. Just to piggyback on that, I'd be lying if I said I'm not interested in what Grimes might do next. Mm. Um, I think she's had a Six couple Six degrees of, of Elon Musk. I think yeah. she's had it right. I mean, because now he's just sort of like the villain that everybody can mm-hmm. sort of get behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you weren't before, like I'm sure that you probably are now. Which I think is kind of boring from anybody else except for Grimes, maybe. Like I feel like there might be some actual sort of like wrinkles and folds and tension there that could actually be like like make for a truly fascinating pop album um she had she had two albums one of them was called book one which was sort of loosely teased and another one was called fairies come first um that's c-u-m for people who know that we're doing an audio medium here so who the who knows but i am i'd be i'd be interested in it (laughs) I am looking forward to generally 2023 being weirder. To that end, another one is Playboy Cardi, who is rumored. He he talked about an album called Music. (laughs) (laughs) Great, which is which I really hope he follows through with that album title (laughs) personally. Um, But yeah, Playboy Cardi, his last album, Whole Lot of Red, came out Christmas Day. 2020 is the best gift that I got that year. Um, 
you could argue that it's the best rap album of the decade so far. I feel like it's certainly the most influential. That's true. A lot yeah. of people have kind of copied his like rage rap style since then. And this year he was conspicuously quiet. Uh, so I imagine he's hard at work. But he did put out one song with ASAP Rocky called Our Destiny that was phenomenal. It wasn't officially out, I think. It was like on, on someone's Instagram. It is one of what was one of my favorite rap songs of the year. It was kind of like Playboy Cardi doing like a dipset soul sample song. It was just very good and just made me even more excited like for his next thing. All right. So if you had three words to sum up your hopes for 2023, what would they be? Three words only. Jeremy. More live jazz. <laughs> Double's face. Oh, my God. It's as if like he bit into a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> God, that is Jeremy as hell. <laughs> Ryan, what's yours? <sighs> I need to think about it. Uh, I would say weird vibes only. <laughs> weird vibes. Ryan. <laughs> um, what about like Daft Punk alive? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Love that. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, let's hope they're alive. Hence the question mark. Well, thanks for coming on, Ryan and Jeremy. I hope that all three of our dreams come true. <laughs> the Pitchwork Review is a production of Condé Nast. Thanks to Ryan Domble and Jeremy Larson. You can find them at Ryan Domble and at Jeremy D. Larson on Twitter. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical producer. Ryan Domble is our showrunner. Jessica Gramulia is our music supervisor. I'm the editor of Pitchfork, Pooja Patel. Thanks for listening. Come to the New Yorker Radio Hour for conversations that go deeper with people you really want to hear from, whether it's Bruce Springsteen or Questlove or Olivia Rodrigo, Liz Cheney, or the godfather of artificial intelligence, Jeffrey Hinton, or some of my extraordinarily well-informed colleagues at The New Yorker. So join us every week on The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.